The following program is a special presentation of the Big Ten Network, produced in association with the University of Iowa. Welcome to the Conversations from the Iowa Writers' Workshop. I'm Keisha Lynn. Curtis Sittenfeld is our guest today. She is the author of Prep and The Man of My Dreams, which are being translated into 25 languages. Her writing has appeared in the Atlantic Monthly, in Salon, Glamour, and on public radio's This American Life. She is a graduate of Stanford and the Iowa Writers' Workshop. Please welcome Curtis Sittenfeld. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you here. We're here actually to talk about your third novel, which is called American Wife. And the American wife of which we speak is a woman named Alice Blackwell, who is loosely based on Laura Bush. And for those people who don't know, why don't you tell us why Laura Bush? Well, <clears throat> I uh, actually am a Democrat, but I have this weird fascination with Laura Bush, and, and I actually have a lot of affection for her. Mm -hmm. And so about four years ago, I wrote an article for the online magazine Salon where I said, I, I talked about sort of the love that dare not speak its name, which is my, my liberal's love for Laura Bush. And at the time I wrote that article, I said her life is like a novel in that all these sort of, it, she, I mean, she seems like a more or less ordinary person, whatever that means, but all these kind of extreme things have happened to her. And, you know, some of which are tragic, some of which are sort of glamorous or privileged. Um, so I actually, at the time I wrote that article, I didn't think, her life is like a novel and I should write it. But then a few years later, I thought, oh, you know, I should write it. And she then at, it. at that time, I wished I hadn't, you know, posted my novel outline online for the world to see. But, you know, luckily, I don't think anyone was paying attention. Yeah, yeah. But then you decided to go ahead and write this novel, which I found just a gutsy thing to do, you know, because <laughs> of the fact that you're talking about a living person, someone who, after I read the book, I was thinking, you know what, I don't know a whole lot about Laura Bush. But after I read this, you know, and of course, knowing that it's a work of fiction, I found myself really wanting, really intrigued by her. And through the character of um, Alice Blackwell, you said in that Salon article, ambiguities are the the foundation of fiction because I think about when I write and oftentimes for me it's a what if you know and things that seem just completely bizarre to people especially mm -hmm. coming from a Democrat what is this you like Laura Bush mm -hmm. you know isn't it interesting how what kinds of works can spring from that yeah, well, I do think that, that a lot of fiction comes out of some question that the author just finds fascinating. Like, how did that happen? Or what would that have been like? And for me, I think, among other things that were interesting to me about Laura Bush is that she was a Democrat until the age of 30, 31, when she married. Well, actually, I don't even know. But I know that's when she married into the Bush family. I'm not sure when her political affiliation switched. Mm -hmm. But uh, And she also... During the time that she was in her 20s, she sort of purposely sought out low-income, ethnically diverse schools and libraries to work in. And then she had this very quick courtship with George Bush, where they met in the summer of 1977. They met at a backyard barbecue. They got engaged within six weeks, and then they got married six weeks after that. Mm -hmm. So um, so I, I think I thought... You know, that's so, that's so interesting how that happened. But then I also felt like 
you know, in the present day, what does Laura Bush think of George Bush as president? And, you know, does she have a different view of him as a president and as a husband? And, and I will never know the answer to those questions, and I don't pretend to, but I felt like fiction gave me the opportunity to make these characters who are, you know, somewhat like the Bushes or use the Bushes as a point of departure and then just invent and fabricate and all the things you're supposed to do in fiction and, and sort of fill in the blanks that are, that are unknowable in real life. The fun thing about fiction, right, is that you can do this, although it's interesting, again, because this book is being presented as being loosely based and loosely inspired by, it's like inspired, based, based, mm -hmm. inspired on the life of Laura Bush, um, people are kind of making these leaps to say, oh, is this really who Laura Bush is? And yeah, I was going to mention that, you know, some of the things that you choose to include in, in your book, um, that she was an only child, she was a voracious reader, and these are all things we know about Laura Bush, that she has this horrible accident when she's 17, where she kills this boy who was a classmate of hers, um, that she meets her husband at a barbecue, and they have this really quick courtship followed by this quick marriage, and a few other things that tie into the actual, um, her actual life. And I'm curious to know, what kinds of things, when you were writing this, did, what kinds of things did you decide, I'm curious about the leaving in and leaving out. What things did you decide to keep? What things did you decide to leave out and why? Well, in general, one thing I should say is that if you read this book and you think, well, I don't know what's true, you should, you should actually assume it's not exactly. true. I mean, there yeah. are things mm -hmm. borrowed from your life, but most of them aren't. And there's, there's a book that I was very sort of influenced by and inspired by, which is a biography of Laura Bush. Um, it's called The Life and Choices of, or sorry, The, the Perfect, Perfect Wife, wife yeah. The Life and Choices of Laura Bush by Anne Gerhardt, who was then, when she wrote it, she was a Washington Post reporter. She's now a Washington Post editor. But anyway, that, that will tell you I think the true Laura Bush. I will tell you the the, the fake Laura. So like, I mean, I don't believe well. a word I say. Basically, yeah. So, but in terms of leaving things out versus keeping them in, what I decided to do was um, <clears throat> sort of if I felt like something you know kind of had fictional possibilities or you know meaning beyond itself, then I thought it was worth including or you know if it was like a little personal detail it, there's an example in real life supposedly George Bush carried or, or had someone carry a, a feather pillow when he was on the campaign trail and that I, I feel like that kind of says something or has meaning beyond itself whereas you know let's say I think Laura Bush's birthday in real life is in November. Well, that doesn't mean anything. So it's like I didn't, I, I didn't feel like I had to have Alice Blackwell's birthday be in November because Laura Bush's is. Um, so I, I think it was just, it was mostly a matter of, is it interesting to me? And the way I sort of conceived of the novel as a whole is that it has four long sections, and each section is built around a major real life event that happened, you know, to Laura Bush or that she was involved in, such as this this kind of compressed courtship with George Bush, et cetera. But then all the sort of minor characters, minor details, subplots, dialogue, scenes, that stuff is all made up. And even the stuff, you know, like you said, the car accident, you know, has this real life parallel. But of course, I wasn't there at the real accident. So so even this the things that are based on real life are also totally, you know, it's, it's almost like if you told me, um, 
like the story of how your parents met. And then I wrote a short story about how your parents met. It still would be totally made up because I would have kind of, you know, filtered it all and invented things and that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, which is why, again, I find it interesting that there are some people who are thinking, oh, I don't think this is a nice look at Laura Bush at all. Well, it's not really a about Laura Bush. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of inspired by Laura Bush. And in this day and age where people often question about memoir and what's real and what's fake, that this says, a, there's a reason why it says a novel on the cover. Yeah. This is a novel. It's a creative work. Well, it's very interesting because I do feel like in our culture, there's this sort of wish for everything to be the opposite of what it's presented as. Mm -hmm. And so if I say I've written a memoir and all of it's true, I think the public would get so excited if it, if it turned out I had told lies. Whereas if I say, this is made up, and this happened actually with my first novel, Prep, where I said, this is not autobiographical, it's a novel, and everyone said, it's a memoir, it's a memoir, we know this happened to you. And so people are saying, it's Laura Bush, it's Laura Bush, and it, it is, I freely admit that it is inspired by Laura Bush, but it's, it's definitely scene by scene, almost everything is made up. Right, right. Well, one of the things you mentioned, again, was the car accident with this classmate. Um, without giving away too much of the novel, you have this wonderful, connection where, where, where it describes, you know, her feelings towards this boy. And, you know, I don't know if this is actually documented at all in real life, but I thought it was a really interesting plot point that this, this relationship that didn't happen is kind of a thread through the novel. The novel opens up with the question, have I made terrible mistakes? And, you know, the way in which that, that question is answered or, or not, I mean, it's, it's answered in certain ways and not in others, but when I think about that, which again, some of the most beautiful writing in there was with her, you know, think dreaming of this boy and oh, the life that she has. You. Well, you know, but again, this is the the beauty that fiction gives you, right? It gives you that liberty to to imagine what might have happened and just made it that much more um, tragic for you know the for the reader. I found myself really feeling very. I felt very empathetic towards. Alice Blackwell, Alice Lindgren Blackwell, and by extension towards Laura Bush. I want to read more about Laura Bush because of this. And again, maybe because I read so much fiction. I know what fiction is. So I think that you did a really interesting job. And again, it was one of those things where she does have a life like a novel, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I mean, it, it was a really great and ambitious thing that you did to try and put this together. One of the things I want to talk about, I'm glad you mentioned prep, because you did this in prep also. You have this theme about class differences. Another part of the novel I loved was when she goes to meet the Blackwells for the first time, that whole section at Halcyon. Um, people who read the book, the, um, there is this compound, okay, it's the Bush compound, the Blackwell compound in Wisconsin, where she, this woman who comes from a fairly modest background, is basically brought here. And remember, she's only been dating Charlie Blackwell for a little while, and then she's brought to meet the parents, mm -hmm. okay, and these are you know, these are imitations of George Herbert Walker Bush and Barbara Bush and then all the family. And I just thought it was really interesting, her perspectives. And this is, again, you do this with prep in terms of examining, you know, from the outsider's viewpoint, working, or rather, the, the, the lives of the rich. This is a recurring theme for you. Why don't you speak on that a little bit? Well, I do, I do think that stories told from the point of view of an outsider are always more interesting than stories told from the point of view of an insider, because an insider kind of takes things for granted, where as an outsider, I think, thinks, what are all these rituals? And, you know, this the, this way of doing things, this way of life is totally bizarre, you know, and, and maybe I'm intrigued by it, or maybe I'm repelled by it. But so to me, I, I almost feel like 
<clears throat> I don't know if this is laziness as a writer, but I feel like it would be really difficult to write from the point of view of an insider and have it be at all compelling. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think I think that that's part of of why I do that, you know, again and again. And then I think I also just I love little weird details about people, and especially I think my favorite thing is a detail that's weird but seems really true or seems really plausible. And, and I do feel like, I mean, I, I actually did not do any research on Kennebunkport, the, the real bush vacation compound. But I did, um, I have been in vacation homes. And I do think that a lot of them have this sort of, sometimes the richer the family, the more kind of faux rustic the, yeah. <laughs> the setting. Like, yeah, oh, you yeah. know, we're roughing it, mm -hmm. but kind of wink, wink. Yeah, this was a huge compound. They had one bathroom for mm -hmm. all that, and this was supposed to mean something. Mm -hmm. And she's just like, why would you have one bathroom with all this space? Mm -hmm. You know, I, I just thought it was really interesting and very, you know, incisive, the way you describe these people. And um, I was looking while I was doing research for this, I saw some of the books that you like to read. And one of the books you mentioned happens to be one of my favorite books, which is Sarah Sarah Phillips oh, by Andrea yeah. Lee. Oh, I love yeah. You know, another case of someone who is from the outside kind of looking in. Mm -hmm. And just a really interesting how, like you said, being an outsider can give viewpoints that, you know, you, you just can't get. Although I wonder sometimes when I read some fiction and when you, they say writers are outsiders in general mm -hmm. in order to have that observational eye, you know, mm -hmm. that some people can really give close studies of mm -hmm. their own environments mm -hmm. and yet they're doing it for, in a way that, you know, if you're in it, you really would not be able to see it. And that's a writer's skill, I think. Mm -hmm. Well, I remember when I was in the workshop, one of my teachers was Chris Offit, who yeah. was, you know, I learned so much from him. He's a great teacher. And one of the things I always think about that he said is, he said, uh, you know, there almost like there's a disproportionate number of books written from the perspective of outsiders because all writers We're feel all like outsiders. outsiders. <laughs> yeah, exactly. even though maybe most people don't feel like outsiders. So maybe there is this huge gulf where where the the normal reader, whatever that is, uh, you know, <laughs> reads books and thinks, why are these people so weird and yeah. neurotic? And you know, whereas writers think like more, cool. more. Yeah, yeah. 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 I identify. Um, the title of the book being American. Wife, we have these four sections, like you mentioned, and each one, you know, being about a particular point in their life. The first three sections have this wonderful biographical quality where we get to see her mature. And I found myself having to keep in mind the time frame, you know, mm -hmm. because again, I'm reading some of the reviews and I'm looking, people are saying, well, you know, she seems kind of passive. And I, and I was thinking, well, you know what? I think that if you look at where she is and who she is at this point, and again, separate this from Laura Bush, just look at the type of woman she is, mm -hmm. Alice Blackwell, mm -hmm. the character. For me, I, I totally understood. I understood why she made the decision she made. Even in the fourth part, which honestly, by the time I got to that part, I was thinking, oh man, that's right, she's a first lady. We gotta go <laughs> to Washington now. Man. Oh, no. You know, I just, I, I thought that, um, in that section, she's more. She has become, and it's interesting that she and Laurel Bush don't like to be called first lady. Mm -hmm. They want to be called by their first name. That um, she is now a symbol, though, in that section, and she's kind of there's this reflective text. Again, getting back to choices that the writer makes. Why did you decide to save all this White House information for that last section? Well, I, I think that so much of of what I wanted to do in writing this book is to take a public figure you know, again, a fictitious public figure, but a public figure. And, and when we think of public figures, we think of how they look to us, or like a lot of celebrities, I feel like 
We, we act as if they exist only when we see them and when we're observing them. Mm -hmm. And that, I, I don't know, otherwise they're, they're like in a little box until they kind of come out next time and, and we can talk about them and critique their clothes. And, and so I, it's almost like I wanted to have her be a three-dimensional character before she, be, she took on this symbolic role of first lady. And I felt like the better I could allow readers to get to know her, the more almost meaning it would have when she became first lady, or the more they would realize, oh, it, it really is weird to kind of, because I think it must be, I, I can't imagine, but I think it must be the strangest thing in the world to be president or to be first lady, where there's, there's so much that you do that's kind of for other people's benefit or for appearance, but then you, you are a real person, and they're I think there's also sort of mundane, you know, you have to brush your teeth every morning. Presumably nobody brushes them for you or, you know, like... The official brush. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You know, know. You, have, you have these sort of, um, like, these kind of ties to being completely normal. But then in other ways, your life is, is outlandish. And, and I think that, to me, is a very interesting tension. Uh, but, but I mean, I, I felt like, okay, this is a book about a first lady. It would be a total cop-out not to have a White House mm -hmm. section. But I also didn't want it to be, it's not primarily a political novel. It's not a campaign novel. It's, it's a novel about people and relationships and human behavior and love, betrayal, you know, the, the, the big themes, the yeah. I wanted to ask you about your time at Iowa. You were here from 1999 to 2001. I want to know what it was like for you here being a student. I loved it. I, I had very high expectations coming into you know the famous Iowa Writers Workshop, and and I felt like all of those expectations were yeah. met yeah. Um, and exceeded. And I, I I loved my teachers. I thought they were so smart. I, I learned, and another. I, I mean, I entered the workshop literally on my twenty fourth birthday, oh, wow. and yeah. and I think a, a part of me thought, <laughs> in in my like sort of idiot hubris, I thought like. Well, I won't learn that much about writing, but I'll have time to write. Right. And of course, I learned so much about writing. I, I think I became a much better writer, much, much more sort of rigorous and more demanding of myself. And I made incredibly close friends very quickly because it's it's just such a special thing. It sounds corny, but to be around other people who care about writing as much as you do and who kind of spend you know, spend, spend their days and possibly their nights kind of fretting about a paragraph or, or thinking, mm -hmm. you know, like, how can the, how can the, like, end of this come together in a perfect way? And, mm -hmm. and so, I mean, I, I loved Iowa City. I loved everything about that. I mean, I, I definitely still feel very sentimental. I think in some ways, the way a lot of people feel about college, I feel about about graduate school. That's a good way to put it, because like my, my undergraduate years were just kind of a blur, but when I came here, I was like, this is really, really nice. And um, you had mentioned, speaking of what, what you said about um, having friends, making friends, you mentioned in your book about the acknowledgments, your early readers. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about how important it is to have early readers in the novel process? Oh yeah, it's huge. I mean, I think, one, if you, I, I sent this novel, I think when I finished American Wife, I sent it to about nine people several of whom were from Iowa, you know, some of whom weren't. But 
basically, I think your early readers can save you from yourself. Yeah, and, yeah. and almost like before you make the book more public, they can say, you don't do this. And, and especially if I sent it to nine people and six said, oh, like this is awful, or would they probably said it more tactfully, <laughs> I would think, okay, I should probably listen if that many more people, if that many people are saying it. And also, I think when you, the, the perfect early reader is someone who helps your writing be the best it can be instead of someone who tries to change your writing so it's more like theirs, right, which exactly. you always meet people like that in writing workshops, but, but then after the workshop ends, you never speak to them again. And then, and then the people who you find who are on your wavelength, of course, you cling to them mm -hmm. for life. And, and, and it's also, it's just a great thing to have writer friends who, you know, especially after you're not in grad school and you're kind of living your life wherever you are, who, who understand the sort of balance and who have that sense of like, almost like if they're not writing, they wish they were. If they are writing, they're probably dissatisfied in some way, but you can all commiserate. Yeah, so. yeah. it's a great thing. It's like having the community of writers. Yeah. And again, people who get it, the importance of a word, the importance of a sentence, the importance of the right pen, <laughs> the right <laughs> yeah, typewriter, yeah, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, and, and also people, I mean, people who will devote so much energy into every, in, in terms of, and I try to do this for my friends too, that when I'm reading their manuscripts, I'll say, you know, I don't think this is the word you mean. And mm -hmm. it's, maybe it's a 400 page manuscript, but you, you feel like every, every word that can land as well as it can makes the manuscript stronger and, you know, vice versa. Curtis, thanks so much for talking to us today. This is a new book by Writers Workshop alumna Curtis Sittenfeld. It's titled American Wife. I'm Keisha Lynn. Thank you for watching Conversations from the Iowa Writers Workshop. The preceding program was produced by the University of Iowa in association with the Big Ten Network.